Hello, everybody. Today, we are doing a studio hangout for artists. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at Art Prof, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. We hope that you will all hang out with us in your studio, making your personal artwork, and that you will join us in the Discord after the live stream and share what you are making in the studio. Jordan, what are you working on during today's Hangout? Um, I'm working on a little environment for a concept that I was doing for uh, my project Shadowboxers. It's like this underground cave that has a lot of historical significance. So it's like a mixture of creepy stuff and then statues and you know ancient writings on walls and stuff. So I'm just trying to figure out what that looks like. Whoa. Are, are these all thumbnails from different references, Jordan? What are we looking at? Because you have so many images on that one canvas. Yeah, um, these are all just ideas I have. Like, so here we have um, like a mountain of what the exterior could look like. Um, and then at the top of this mountain, like the Stevens Mountain, I was thinking, okay, maybe it's, you know, maybe there's like a big cylindrical like pathway to go down. Then on the inside, there's like statues here and then there's a door. And then maybe there's like it's all over the place. Um, it like I have to like go through the whole story really to like, like explain it all. But there's gonna be a variety of things in my sketches. So yeah, it might not make sense right now, but when I release it, it it, it will <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> and deep deep, what are you doing to yourself? I am so afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of teaching myself how to rotoscope on Procreate. I've done it on Photoshop before, but rotoscoping is essentially a form of animating that includes like tracing over live video. So I recorded a video of myself like literally right before this stream of me just like moving my hands around. Um, and I'm rotoscoping, essentially tracing it on Procreate. And hopefully we'll get to rotoscope most of it so we can see what the outcome is. But I really love rotoscoping and I want us to do a stream eventually where like I teach rotoscoping, but I've never done it on Procreate before. And I think it's a lovely, uh, you know, program. So, and it seems really easy and so far it is. So um, I'm enjoying it so far. Thank you so much, Autumn's Art Studio for the super sticker. We greatly appreciate your support and keep those super stickers and contributions coming because Art Prof is free for everybody, but guess what? It's not free for us. <laughs> We're the ones who really do have to pay the bills to keep the lights on. And so every little bit that you can contribute is incredibly important to us. So Jordan, you're working on the design, like you're gathering stuff, you're trying to figure out how to make it look. Yeah, like there's, it's it's a very specific location that I've figured out and, or have been wanting to do. And um, there's kind of two parts to it. There's the more, I guess, historical normal side and there's the creepy side because it's where my, my villain uh, dwells in my story. And, um, so I'm just doing, I'm basically just kind of doing vomit sketches. Like I'm throwing in every idea I've ever had for this uh, for this environment. And I'm not really worried about 
if it's going to look good or if it makes sense or not. I'm kind of just like, what's been in my head for as long as it has been? Because um, I haven't done anything for this uh, place at all. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of exploring right now. So that's, that's what makes the whole thing fun, honestly. Tell us in the chat what you are working on if you're in your studio hanging out with us. Squidicky says, working on a hand-sewn patchwork quilt for my fiber arts class. I don't know how people make quilts. They look so hard. All the pieces and the so you have to be so meticulous to make stuff like that. That sounds amazing. No, I actually remember someone made a quilt in our in, in our class, Claire. Do you remember that? Someone made like this giant, um, like twelve foot quilt that they made in like two weeks, and it had like all their memories of, um, like from their childhood or something. Do you know what I'm talking? About? I don't want to say oh. the person. Yeah, I think I remember that. It's so weird. I mean, I had you so long ago, and it's like I still remember specific projects. It's so weird. Yeah. I was like, I hope you remember because it was quite a number of years ago. Not to make any of us seem old or anything, though. <laughs> well, Jordan, I think you need to know that Elizar Crescent is animating a Spider-Man fan film. I finally saw the movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. Who here saw it? Who here saw Spider-Man No Way Home? I had fun. Did you see it, Deep D? No. I was this close. I'm sorry. Celebrating. I'm so more. disappointed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll watch it. It's okay, Deep We can still be friends, but not as good friends i've been demoted <laughs> yeah maybe like a small demotion but we can still be friends <laughs> i will work hard to redeem myself <laughs> tor says i've been drawing classic cars lately it's giving me great practice with fundamentals but i'm also wondering how many cars do you have to draw to get really good. Well, you are much better at drawing cars than anyone on staff, Jordan. So what is the answer? You know, it's funny. I don't even consider myself good at drawing cars. <laughs> like, I, I really don't. Um, you just, I think the tricky part about cars is just getting the perspective right. Um, you know, getting the, the ellipses for the wheels and then maybe like the hood or like the natural curve of the car. That's always the challenge. Um, I would say do like 500 and just keep it like two man sketches. No, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Um, no, I know you are. Yeah, it's like every, every you know, everyone's like, how many should I do? And I name a big old number with two zeros at the end, and it's like, but I seriously think that'll be it because um, most people who are good at that stuff will do that number anyway, they just might not count it. Well, and the fact of the matter is, a lot of times we give people advice that they just don't want. Somebody asked me the other day, I made a short about this, how am I going to learn faster? And my answer was, no, you're going to have to slow down. <laughs> like, actually, learning faster can make it worse. It can make it so you really don't understand anything, actually, and you're better off slowing down and really learning something well. So oftentimes, a lot of these questions we get, people end up getting advice that they really don't like. Because there's always these, how do I do this better? How do I do this faster? I'm like, just, it's okay. Deep Deep 2 feels that there's pressure on people to do that. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just impatience. I mean, we all want our stuff to look good and, and have skills and just have it and not have to like, you know, work super hard for it. I feel like I feel that all the time. I'm like, I wish I could just snap my fingers and just be better at this already. But that's just not the reality of how things work. You got to put in the time. Well, I like hearing this. Pat is working on the art dare, which is to cannibalize an old artwork. And I believe Pat is working on artwork that's from high school, which was a while ago for Pat, and now is addressing them at a different point in life, which I think is so cool because when we assign the art dare, I just figured, oh, people will get some painting they did a year ago. And I just love that Pat is revisiting work from high school. That's exciting, actually. I, I want to look at my high school work and cannibalize it now. You know, I actually got to visit my old high school a couple of weeks ago, and I went to the figure drawing class, and I hadn't been you there did? like nine years. Yeah, I guess I forgot to tell you. Uh, but yeah, I went and drew with my old class, or not my class, but the current class, and then my former professor after nine years. It was, it was actually really cool. My artwork was still on That's... the wall. <laughs> really? That's so yeah. sweet. I awesome. love that. That's really nice. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was a good, that was a good moment. Tiener says, I'm working on the 10 minute animal gesture drawings for drawing basics lesson one. Well, that's awesome. If you don't know about our tracks, they're free tracks and they're a sequence of video lessons and prompts. And it's really nice because oftentimes people know they want to get better at drawing or animation, but they don't know where to start. And so the tracks give you a place to begin and we've designed the lessons so they really are a sequence that one lesson builds upon the other. Because Deep D, when you were in my drawing class, I definitely designed the prompts to build on top of each other. And that's such a different experience than when you just do random stuff. I mean, do you feel like that's helpful to get that arc <laughs> of a topic? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think that's just in learning in general, it helps to like have a lesson and then build off of it. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that helps rather than just doing a bunch of random stuff. Cause then you're not really like connecting the dots, which I think is really important. Amara says, you guys have another fan. My 16-year-old brother loves your work, making it a family thing. Also, Jordan, my little says hi. I love that. <laughs> What's up? What's up, Lil? <laughs> How's it going? Thank you for the hello. Jesse says, question for Prof Lou, what makes a media professional or student grade? Like I hear a lot on YouTube about the brand Arteza. People think they're good, but to be honest, when I've tried things from them, they suck. Well, it depends on the brand. For example, Windsor & Newton, they have a student grade line called Winton. And they're definitely not as good as the professional grade that Windsor & Newton creates. But there are brands that they don't even have the super sweet, awesome <laughs> version of the supply. I'm not going to name any names, but... There are some paints that are student grade and they're just so bad that 
it's almost not the same material because some people they'll walk with flosh and go, oh, I can't do this. I'm like, well, because this brand is really bad for that. And so that is really common. And really, when it comes down to art supplies, you just got to try stuff. I mean, Jordan, I think you've probably had your fair share of terrible art supplies that don't work. <laughs> you know, I remember one time uh, I was in I was in pre-college. I was at Rizzi pre-college and I was painting a portrait and I was trying to figure out why I was having such a hard time painting it. And because I couldn't move the paint, I found out it was I was using gouache the whole time. I, I didn't know what gouache was. <laughs> and, I was <laughs> and I was and I was also confused because it was more expensive. I was like, why did I spend like twenty five dollars when they got their things for like eight dollars? Like I was so confused. And that was how I learned what gouache paint was. <laughs> oh my goodness! The art came out well, but yeah, it's uh, it's good to know those things. I don't know, Deepti, are you particular about your art supplies? Because I'm really particular. Um, I mean, so much of my work is digital right now, but like when I'm working with certain things, like with um, clay, I like having like nice clay because sometimes it's just like, it just never gets soft or malleable. But I also love to just work with cheap art supplies and see what it can do for me. I think that's kind of exciting. I'm weird. I have these extremities where I will spend $25 on a sheet of paper if I really think <laughs> I need it. But then I will not buy basic things that they charge a lot for because I'm like, paper towel will be fine. <laughs> so I'm a little bit of everything. I think the thing I always spend money on is paper because lousy paper can really interfere with your drawing process and also paints. So if I'm buying gouache, I don't buy the cheaper brands because it's just such a lousy experience that for me, it's not worth it. And I've had students at art school who will try to save money by buying the student grade and they discover it's so bad that they end up going back and buying the good one, which stinks because then you're buying it twice. But yeah, mm. it's very tricky. That was really my experience, just the story. It was Junior Palo. Oh, I know. Junior Palo says, how do I learn efficiently? What is your take, Jordan? Um, there's a phrase that is often used, um, practice makes perfect. Um, and <laughs> I've seen a lot of artists disagree with that and they change it to um, trying to have perfect practice. So um, I think there's definitely ways to try and fix a problem, but they just aren't very efficient. Like. Um, like for me, like one of the reasons I talk about the 2,500 drawings so much is because I see it as very efficient to get a lot of quick drawings done. And um, and over time, you get those to look good. Whereas spending, you know, 20, 30 hours on a single piece when you're just trying to learn how to draw the head might not be the most efficient use of time. So like, that's my philosophy, but that's that's why I would do. I find ways to make your make perfect practice. It's a lot like athletics. If you want to get better at soccer, you got to run a lot. <laughs> you have to do your stretches. There's no way around that. And so I would just say, don't look for shortcuts because there aren't any. I'm sorry to tell you that. And you have to be okay making a lot of terrible work. I think that's the most important part of learning. What about you, Deepti? Yeah, I think for me, it's experimentation and not being afraid, like really letting yourself go nuts. Um, 
and just do things that don't seem comfortable to you and taking big leaps because that's how you will start um, discovering new things and feeling more confident as an artist. Jennifer says, just upgraded some of my acrylic paint. It's so much nicer than the student stuff. I had the exact same experience, Jennifer, because I was in the painting department at RISD my sophomore year, and I just didn't like <laughs> painting. I mean, that's why I switched out. I ended up being an illustration major, but then I had this painting teacher who was super specific, like by Grumbacker, Ultramarine Deep, and Windsor Newton, Yellow Ochre, he was so particular. But then I went and bought those paints and it, it was like a totally different experience for me. So I know not everybody can afford the professional grade paints, but if you really are serious about painting, I would recommend if you can trying to get the quality of paint because I was having so many problems with the student grade paint and they just didn't exist with the professional paint. So it is a good thing if you can manage to do it. Well, I like this comment from Samantha who says, spent a week in a facility where I only had markers and crayons to work with. I think the constraints expanded my imagination during that time. Well, Jordan, your favorite hmm. drawing material is a pencil and paper, <laughs> copy paper. Yeah. Why is it nice to have such low grade, bare bones supplies sometimes? Uh, I think sometimes just the simplicity of things is often overlooked and those often create the best results. Like think about like the old masters, the Leonardo's and the Michelangelo's and the Raphael's and all those people, they often use, you know, especially when you talk about like Leonardo's drawings, it's pretty much like the same thing. And he was a master of what he did. And I think kind of honing in on something like that can often be very good for your practice. And obviously not saying don't ever try something new or don't ever switch it up. But um, I think being a master of something is pretty, it's something worth uh, shooting for, honestly. Well, this is a good point from Anna about paint. I use a lot of paint. My painting is very textured. So I use big 200 milliliter tubes. I have to use the student stuff so I can afford to paint. I love Lucas oils. That's true. I mean, you don't want to buy super expensive paints if you're painting really thick. And they have so many things you can add, like cold wax medium, impasto medium. I know Windsor Newton makes a really good one. So it, it really, really depends. I really like the Karen Dash crayons. Deep D, I know you use Crayola. <laughs> Why do you use Crayola? It's cheap and there's so many colors. And I don't, <laughs> I feel like a lot of times people think that the art medium is going to like make their drawing good. And that's just not true. Like your skill and your thought into it will really shine brighter than like what the medium you're using is. But I love Crayola. It's so accessible. It's so fun. They have fun names. <laughs> AJ says, I'm a graphic design student, started university really late at 30 trying to improve my drawing and painting skills. I've learned a lot from you. I'm so grateful. Well, thank you so much mm. for being part of our community, AJ. And we have people from all different professions. In fact, tell us in the chat right now, if art is not your full-time profession, what is your profession? Or maybe you are an artist full-time, but you had another career because I think it's amazing that people have whole careers and then 
switch to being an artist, I think there's too much emphasis that, oh, if you didn't go to art school when you were 18, you need to catch up. I don't think that's true. Jordan, do you think there is such a thing as, quote, catching up? Uh, I think that only exists in people's minds. Um, I don't think it's something that needs to dictate your entire life. And I probably, and I actually think it's rather unhealthy to think that way because when you start comparing yourselves to other people, it tends to rob you of your own joy. And um, especially if you're, you know, if you're comparing yourself who, let's say you're 35 and you're just starting to someone who is 25 and they've been drawing for, uh, for their whole life, of course, there's going to be a discrepancy. So I would just say, enjoy the process and just learn as much as you can and grow from there. Like, look at this. We have Teener in information tech. Chastity says full-time in healthcare, art in the evenings and on the weekends. Lisa is a retired engineer. Jennifer is a freelance graphic designer, work as a framer part-time. And Jazz says, I built cars and before that landing gear for planes. Sarah is a Ooh. writing tutor trying to make a living as a full-time artist and fantasy author. Katya is a high school freshman. Most of my drawing practice comes from drawing random students in my geometry class. People are the most fun to draw when they're relaxed. I totally agree with that because a lot of people will say, well, I can't draw from life. I don't have a life drawing class of the nude model. But you can totally draw people in real life and it's still a good experience. Have you seen that, Deep Deep? Oh, yeah. The train in New York, the subway, great place to draw people. They don't have to be nude. Um, <laughs> like, draw whatever you have access to. Um, honestly, it's a great practice to draw not nude people, too, because that's, like, a great practice on fabrics and clothing as well. So, yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, fun to kind of observe people just living their life. I feel like nude models, a lot of times, they feel a little posed, um, yeah. and in day-to-day -day life, you're kind of just drawing something that feels so natural, which can be kind of cool. It is nice to have an artist model to work with in classes, but I'll tell you, it can make me a little bit uncomfortable sometimes because I know that that model is there to stand still, but none of us stand still like that ever. In fact, it hurts me to think about <laughs> standing still for 20 minutes and there's something to be said about drawing people in natural poses. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, I, I actually had a teacher say it like this. Um, I would say like 99% of the time, if, let's say you have a job as an illustrator, you're not going to be drawing someone who's naked. Um, like, it, you know, it's just that there's, I mean, I guess there technically is a market for that, but most often there's not. Um, and I think everyone needs that practice for drawing people wearing clothing. Because clothing, clothing is a whole other monster in and of itself. And figure drawing is really just kind of the first step of everything, um, really. Um, and if you want to learn to draw clothing, Jordan and I have a seven video series. We go over all the folds, we explain and break them down. So just look up Art Prof Clothing on YouTube. You will find all of those videos. All right, we have an amazing list. George Harding is an environmental engineer, retired now. AJ says first degree was in chemistry. Samantha was a hairstylist for 15 years. Seven Angelic sells art supplies. 
Paula F. is in real estate. Divine Frazier is a stay-at-home mom. And Emmy is a writer. Ginger Cell works at an ice cream place. Autumn is a cell phone salesperson and says, work 40 hours a week. It's really, really hard to have the energy or time to do what you love. Sales takes a lot out of you. I suspect, Deep D, you probably know what that's like to work really hard all day and have nothing left <laughs> for your artwork. Oh, my God. I know these these hangouts are literally and when I say literally, I mean, like, literally the only time I make art for myself um, because I have like 6000 jobs and like four different careers. <laughs> um, so there is no time. That's why I love these hangouts. I'm always just like when I see that on my schedule, I'm like, yes, I can do something fun. Well, Jordan, do you have any tips for how to make space for that in your life? I find it very hard and I don't have a good solution for it. Yeah, um, I would say, I, I would say t uh, time, just figuring out how to manage time um, and figuring out where those hours are going, uh, you know, because we, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Um, but sometimes we can delegate those tasks in a slightly different way. Sometimes you can knock out two birds with one stone. Um, or maybe you spend 45 minutes on TikTok or Instagram, and instead you can use that time to draw. So, um, or while the water is boiling for you to start cooking something, maybe you could get a sketch in there. So try and redeem that time, I would say. So Lee says, Spider-Man would never post nude anyway. See? That's why we need to learn how to draw clothing. But he wears spandex. <laughs> so it's all it's, <laughs> it's pretty close when you really think about it. <laughs> Most superheroes are like that, honestly. <laughs> Jesse says, what's the point of nude models, honestly? <laughs> I mean, it is sort of weird to have a pile of nude figure paintings. That's what I ended up with when I was done with art school. And they really are strange if you think about it. For me, a lot of it is just study of the anatomy and understanding the physical structure. But yeah, at a certain point, those figure drawings, they only go so far. You have to start thinking about how to contextualize the figure, what you're trying to say with the figure. It's very challenging. Well, here's a question from Jazz. Politics in Canada right now is stressing me out. How do you put it out of your head and just create? Yeah, I'm sorry, Jazz. I know we have a couple of people in the community who are in that area and it's been very hard for them. So Deepthi, what do you do when you're, you've got stuff and it's very stressful? What do you do with that? It's hard. I'm definitely someone who has a hard time like not thinking about things. But I think that if you can set aside a certain space that's for your art making and maybe have music on or just something to like create an environment, audio, anything that can just kind of like put you in a, it's almost like meditation um, that can just snap you out of it for a little bit. That helps me um, having like a playlist of music that I like that can kind of get me in that work mode and makes me feel happy. Um, works well for me, but it, it is it is really hard. I struggle with that for sure because, like I said, I have so many jobs. There's always something on my mind, um, and it's hard to get that out of my brain unless you know it is actually 
done or if there's something going on in the world. Yeah, it's it's definitely difficult. But I think music is something that works well for me. You know what helps me is I just have my supplies out on the table. Because if my supplies are in a drawer, it's like, oh, I have to open the drawer. Take my pastels. It's just like one less piece of barrier to keep me from drawing. Or if I have to like rummage to find my sketchbook, that's enough to convince me, oh, this is a big pain. And so if you just have things readily accessible, so you don't have to set anything up or go through a big thing, I find that that's very helpful because any obstacle just feels too big. Jennifer mm. says, whenever my partner comes home from work, I'm usually watching Art Prof on TV. He walks in the door and says, hi, Clara Lou, before saying hi to me. <laughs> oh my God, Jennifer, that is, well, hopefully we don't cause you any problems. <laughs> well, you probably relate to this, Jordan. Divine Frazier says, had to figure out how to make art comfortable in the little bits of time I had. I can't do a full detailed watercolor piece while I'm feeding kids, but I can whip out my iPad out on a whim. Oh, yeah. It, you know, I think people underestimate the value of really quick, small projects because it accumulates over time. You know, I think I think what makes certain things so daunting is we think we have to spend eight hours in one sitting, you know, working on something when in reality, 10 minutes here, 20 minutes here over the course of a couple of days is better. And I actually don't even like the idea of binge drawing because you, you know, you're eliminating that ability to create over time. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a great method that you're using. And sometimes one little change in the format that you work in can make a big difference because we are doing a portraits premium track right now. And I actually said to one of the people in the track, I said, listen, you don't have to make a big painting. Why don't you just make a really small one? And they said to me, really? Is that a lot? I'm like, make it whatever size you want. I mean, there's no size requirement on the prompt that we give people, mostly because we wanna make sure people with any type of supply can do it. And for them, it was such a relief to be told, oh, I don't have to make a big painting. Like, Deep why do we have these expectations of certain media that a painting has to be big? And if it's not, it's not good. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe because making a big painting takes more time and effort and um, that seemed as more valuable. Or like when you go into a museum, for example, a lot of times you're seeing like large scale things. So there's like a value put on it, but I, I really don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> that would have been my guess, the museum concept. And when we're walking in and seeing those massive paintings, we kind of forget that it probably took that person months or years to complete it because mm -hmm. you know, we live in such a fast paced world. And um, I think we overestimate what, um, I don't say what is possible, but we just sometimes get overwhelmed by, by stuff like that. Yeah, and those people in museums are also like most of the time full-time artists who can work on that 24-7. And most of the time the people in our classes and ourselves are not that. <laughs> Jesse says, Deep D, do you feel like going to art school was worth it for you when you ended up with four other careers? 
<laughs> oh my gosh, what a loaded question. Um, I think I think that going to art school for me gave me first of all, going to art school is a huge privilege, and I recognize that. And I'm grateful for my time there because I met people like Clara and I met people like some of my closest friends and uh, I get into rooms uh, just by saying that I went to the art school that I went to, like it just opens doors for me. So I recognize that. Um, And I think that I might have still ended up with four careers no matter what I did. I think that's a personality (laughs) type that I have where I'm just never satisfied. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with how the universe could have shaped my future. I think it is just a deep, deep thing. Um, I think I have my issues with art school in general. I think there are certain things that I think about it, but overall, I think that my experience was was good and worth it and I'm happy that I, that I went. <laughs> Ginger Sell says, I realized recently I don't have to spend hours or weeks on a piece. I'm having a lot more fun now. There is, I think, this misconception that because you worked on it longer, it should be better. But I'll tell you, I've made pieces where I slaved over them and they were not better. And I've done pieces took a fraction of the time and that were much better. So Jordan, how do you reconcile the amount of time versus maybe the result? You know, it reminds me of Instagram a lot because every time I post a work in progress, it always <laughs> does so much better than the one I slaved over for hours and hours. Um, really? And it does. It's, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating when that happens. But I think that um, I think oftentimes we just um, have the misconception that because more time is spent, it's better. Um, and I think it's it's one of those things like the museum we were talking about, just like, oh, if it's 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 bigger, it's better. Um, that's not always the case. Art is very is a very fluid term <laughs> and it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, so if you're creating something and you feel bad about it, maybe it's worth revisiting some of the potential misconceptions you may have. Um, uh, yeah. That's a tough question. That's a tough one, honestly, because I don't understand fully either. Wait, Deep D, did you get through the whole cycle of the video? No, this is taking so long. (laughs) No, but I saw a whole cycle. I did a little bit. It looks pretty good, but I've done this many layers. Okay, wait, hold on. I have to... uh... This is the thing. I'm still figuring out Procreate. And it's a little complicated to figure out how to... Okay, hold on. It's going to, like... I don't know if the playback is going to be good or not, but... I I just love this. See, the 80s child in me, I just see Vogue and Madonna. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The part... There's still so much of my video in there. But the part that's yeah, hand-drawn that's is so pretty cool. cool. I love that. Thanks. I I wish animation was faster, but that's why we love it. Oh, here. I think this is easier to look at kind of like what I did do. Just like scrubbing back and forth. That's awesome. You know, since you mentioned um, the 80s artist, Claire, it's also kind of got Take On Me vibes, the music video. Yes. Exactly. Yes. 
Oh, That's well, what so I tell people. Someone even commented that to a uh, torso as it looked just like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. So you younger yeah. folks don't understand what a big deal that music video was when it came out. We were like, oh, like our heads exploded, like we'd never seen anything like that. It was such a big deal. <laughs> Wish I could have been alive in the eighties. That sounds like a great time. And you know what's cool? Like, which I hope. Oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? Go ahead. There you go. I was just gonna say that rotoscoping is cool because, like, there's this style of where I'm just kind of like doing the same thing with every frame, just changing the color of my pen. But like, because the movement is there and it's so set for you, you can kind of go nuts with like changing your brush strokes or only drawing part of you in one frame and part of you and another part of you. Like it can be really, really cool. I just, cause I'm learning right now, wanted to keep it kind of simple, but it's cool. It's a very cool way of animating. You know, I haven't heard that song in like 30 years. I feel like I could sing it beginning to end. It's so funny the way things imprint on you when you're a child i mean that beat is so or the beginning of it it's like so <laughs> oh slept near art profs aha moment yay <laughs> i love it that's awesome well here's an interesting question from tyler i'm a sophomore in high school i've been researching animation colleges but having a bit of a hard time deciding whether the well, more well-known colleges are worth it to go to. Well, Jordan, I suspect you've got some thoughts on this. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> here's a, here's the thing. My in my opinion, when it comes to anything related to concept art, visual development, animation, I don't think going to art school is one hundred percent necessary. I'm not saying that it's a bad idea to go, but I do think in 2022 there's enough resources where you can learn it yourself um and i just heard of a story um where some a friend of mine was teaching a who's a 12 year old how to draw um has now been approached by sony twice and is not even 18 yet and has basically been like self taught and it's it's kind of it's kind of intimidating um <laughs> like she told me this last time i was like oh so I think I, it really just depends on your skill level, like and how, how good you are. I don't think uh, no one's ever asked me what school I went to. It's if anything, it's like a cool connection builder, but it's not like it's going to determine your outcome as an artist and what career you can have. I just think the name of the school you go to, it's becoming less and less important. I think long time ago in the 80s and the 90s, I think people cared more about that. But the thing is, we didn't have the internet in the 80s and the 90s. There were no resources for people to learn on their own. For me, if I wanted to learn, I had to take a local class or I had to go to the bookstore and read the three books about how to draw. I mean, it blows my mind what's available to people right now for free on the internet. And then even more if you can pay for a class. And I would just say that just because a school has a high ranking, it doesn't mean their animation program is good. I know some schools that are very high up on the list, but their animation programs are bad. So you've got to do your research on these schools. 
You know what I would recommend is um, looking at recent alumni work and see what they're doing with their lives and if that inspires you. Mm-hmm. And another thing, keep in, if you're going to look at recent alumni, see if that school continues to advertise the same student. If they keep talking mm-hmm. about a golden child who graduated from their school like eight years ago and they had no one since then, that's a problem. <laughs> I think that's a problem. That is 100% a problem. Well, Ginger Cell says, but don't the popular schools have better teachers or something? Deep D, what do you think? Mm, no. <laughs> what do you Hang think, on, a lot of questions. <laughs> um, negative. <laughs> um, I think the popular schools are popular because, well, for, for some schools, they just had an early monopoly on this stuff. So sometimes they just better known because they're older um, or they've had one those one or two golden students who went on to do something great um, but often I, I I think the three of us would agree that a lot of what we learned in school came from our classmates not necessarily our teachers all the time yeah and so mm-hmm. you know it's great to have that art you know that art environment definitely but the school itself it's not always 100% necessary I guess it depends what you're learning you know if it's you know, you don't want to teach yourself something that can cause you to get in an accident. But if you're just talking about drawing and painting, you know, you get our prof. I mean, come on. So <laughs> I will say that in a lot of cases, the professors at the high ranking schools, a lot of the time they are not hired because they're good teachers. They're hired because they're superstars in their field. And being a really successful artist in the field that's totally separate than being a good teacher. And so you get sometimes these superstar artists who are hired, but they really are not interested in teaching. Whereas sometimes if you go to a school that's not so obsessed with that stuff, like a community college, you'll find teachers who really do want to be there because they don't make a lot of money. There's not a lot of prestige and yet they're still there. And so I I just don't buy at all that just because the school is high ranking that they have good teachers. I mean, the best thing you can do is see if you can talk to a current student or an alum there, because they'll tell you straight up probably what their experience is like. Um. Tor says, I don't work in art. I work in tech and part of my job is hiring. The college you go to does not matter. A portfolio of work is a lot more important. I think that's across fields because when I've hired people in the past, if somebody's a jerk and they have amazing work, I'm not going to hire them. I don't care how great their work is if they're rude. It's just not something you would even consider. So actually, I feel better about hiring somebody who maybe is not as skilled, but is a great person and wants to learn because you can teach people skills. That's not hard. But if somebody's already a jerk, I'm not going to fix that (laughs) as the boss. I don't want to deal with all that. It's just a lot of baggage. (laughs) I had a class that that my teacher on the first day said, there are two rules in this class. Do good work and be a good student or be a good person. That was it. Like, just be nice. (laughs) Yeah, don't be a jerk. That's just such a good rule in life everywhere you go. 
Yeah, like Soyton Lee says, best art teacher I ever had was at a community college. In fact, she was one of my best teachers, period. I talked to somebody who teaches at one of the top Ivy Leagues. He's a professor there. And he said he had been at the college for two years and taught one class. The rest of the time was all research. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> like you're hired to be a professor and yet teaching is such a small percentage of your job. And half the time at a lot of these big universities, they have teaching assistants who are doing all the grades for them. And, and a lot of these professors really don't do a lot of work with students. So it's maybe not as involved as you might think. Caroline says, is it the celebrity artist to blame for taking the job? A lot of the times, yeah. If I had shown in the Whitney Biennial, <laughs> and if I had won a Guggenheim grant, I probably would have had a better shot. But I don't have either of those things. So academia was, I don't know. I wasn't good enough for them. But you know what? I hope I'm good enough for all of you, because you guys are way more fun. <laughs> we don't have to do grades. And we could talk about Benedict Cumberbatch and oh my god I would have been crucified <laughs> if I talked about that at art school and academia <laughs> Ooh, that's so cool Deepti you got a lot done thanks I wish it was going smoother can you see it from here it's like very smooth I like it Oh, that's epic! I love the change of color. Thanks, I'm I'm excited. I think I'm gonna add stuff to it to like keep it keep it fresh, keep it exciting. I hope all of you will join Jordan and Deepdee. They will be in the Artcop Discord, hanging out in the post live streams channel. You're not in the Discord, shame on you. It's where all the cool kids hang out. So you're going to want to hang out with us there. And a big thank you to our top Patreon supporters. We have some new supporters today. Anitium and Carrie Hyde, thank you so much for supporting us. We need all the help that we can get because we are still not quite at our goal yet. At least we're on the way up, which I'm happy and grateful for. But I would really like to get closer because you know what the patreon really covers a huge amount of our expenses and it's incredibly important that we keep that up and going because our expenses they're only expanding because we're trying to meet the needs of the community but to do that you'd have a budget so if you can support us we get lots of cool rewards exclusive content which is really fun Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.